Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. What's up, golf addicts? Hey, if you notice one thing, it's that we don't have any music. It's because I left my laptop somewhere, and I don't have it back yet, so I'm having to piece some stuff together. Forgive us for the lack of music and lack of uh, possibly audio filtering. It just wasn't great. So, but, but I will say this is a great episode because Pat is angry as fire. We got into a little fight, me and Pat did, right before the podcast started, literally seconds before. And then we started the show, and Pat was just on – he was just – he was rolling the whole podcast. So there's a lot of angry Pat in this show. Hope you guys get something out of it, at least a laugh. We did our research. We're ready for the CIMB Classic. We've got your picks. We've got your breakdown. We've got some announcements. We've got some fun stuff. Piss off Pat. We actually end up getting a listener who successfully barely kind of irritates Pat so much so that we do give a we do give a TJ swag item to the said listener. Because it was as close as it's been. And, uh, yeah, so it's a good show. Thanks again for downloading. May your screens be green. Here it is with no music. Here we go. What's going on, Golf Addicts? David Barnett here. I got my boy Pat Perry on the line. And, listen, I've already got him good and lubed up for everybody. I've already pissed him off. I pissed him off right before we started the podcast tonight. So this should be a fantastic episode. Angry Pat is officially with us. And you guys can thank me later. Pat, um, what's up, man? I, I'm good. I mean, I'm, you know, just trying to – my blood pressure was a little bit high when we started. But I'm good. I'm calm, I'm calm now. I'm calm. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to have some piss off Pat later. But as I said to you before we started, you're probably the only person that can win that. <laughs> I don't think anybody else can. I think the one tonight is pretty, pretty – I think it's pretty good, but – you know, maybe, maybe you're right. Um, maybe you're right. We, we have been told we fight like a married couple. And tonight before the podcast, I wish we would have hit record. Maybe maybe some, some folks could have got a little view into that. But then I would have had to label the show explicit because, you, you know, you can't control your tongue. <laughs> oh, okay. So there's that. Yeah. Um, but any, anyway, anyway. Um, so what's up, man? So a little Safeway recap. We, I feel like we need to hit that as that's always the first the first thing we do on when we when we look at our show and how we do things yeah i mean you know it was uh i guess the same as last year we had a repeat champ brendan Steele, played fantastic he uh i don't know i mean i don't know how much golf you got to watch i, I didn't get to watch quite as much because we had uh our little trip down to jacksonville which i'm sure we'll talk about later um, but I, I didn't get to I didn't get to watch a ton. You know, prime with these later starts because they're out on the West Coast. They they kind of mess up football season for me, especially Saturday when I'm I'm watching some college football and Sunday NFL. But I don't know how much did you watch? Did you did you? Let's just be honest here with the listeners. How much? I didn't you? I didn't take in a whole lot on TV. I did a lot of watching on the app. That's that's about it. Um, I, I did, did catch a little bit of it on Sunday. That was it. And um, did so, you yeah. see Mickelson on? Did you see that? I, that little uh, I did. That was pretty his, funny. 
his comment about his, his fairway accuracy, which actually made me feel really good about my own golf game because that, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Maybe worse as far as hitting fairways. And But it was, you know, good to see Brandon Steele. I, I, it just, you know, I haven't heard of the whole debate lately, but it was a thing like the first year we got into this where people thought course history was a dumb a dumb thing that like it wasn't real that people who have good course history at places it wasn't worth looking at and it wasn't real and it was just all form and stats which we vehemently disagreed with when that came up and if anything (laughs) Brendan Steele was in horrible form all year I mean like not all year but like towards the back half of the year the FedEx Cup playoffs in terrible form he goes over to Napa and he wins again and he looks like a whole new golfer so course history course form you know how comfortable a player feels is a thing so if there's one thing one big idea that we would say to take away if you're a new dfs player a new golf better whatever it is don't let someone try to be try to sound like too smart for themselves and make you think that course history is not a thing because it 100 percent is a thing and brendan Steele clearly felt comfortable and he showed that uh he he showed that so good for him but but i think the man i the really sucky thing about this is the fires in napa right now and uh man definitely thoughts and prayers to the people in that area and seeing some of the pictures today on twitter i mean just a day after the golf tournament like they hadn't even broken down the hospitality tents and the some of the infrastructure that the pga tour brings to an event they hadn't even broken it down and some of them are just burnt to the frame it's it's crazy um i've I've seen people talking about you know people losing houses already and and uh i've actually got a relative near that area who's been evacuated i mean i can't imagine what that would be like but it just it sucks and uh we we hate to hear that so uh that that sucks for the safeway and for the napa and the people in that area and the pga tour yeah it's it's uh I don't know. Napa's such a beautiful area too. Just to get get that. I mean, that was um, definitely surprising to see. And and that was like, I mean, literally, they're coming off the course yesterday, and it's it's like coming down on them. I mean, I, and you didn't see anything about it until till later on. So kind of scary for those guys. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, you know, I think. Again, it was a good tournament. I think web the web.com guys were were sort of the story too, which we talked about a little bit, you know, in the in the previous show and I know on Roto Grinders and some of our write-ups there. I mean, these these web.com guys in in these events are, are going to show out, I think. And and I still I think you're going to see one of them win. We almost did this week. So um, Yeah, Tyler Duncan put up a nice week. Yeah. You had Chesson Hadley up there. Uh, yeah. and, and again, he's He's not, you know, he's he's played to- the tour before, so it's not like he's new. But again, he's coming off the web.com, so uh, I think you're going to see that more and more. Not this week, but later on when they get back into the swing of these tournaments here on the our side of the pond. Well, you prefaced it, but we did have a phenomenal weekend. We. Uh, we're in Jacksonville for just a, a little bit of time, and we got to spend some time with our buddy Travis Fulton. Travis, an instructor on the Golf Channel, does most of his work a few days a week on Morning Drive, and uh, but also uh, fills in uh, occasionally on some other shows and um, has done some work for the PJ Tour Academy and, and teaches out there in, in Ponte Vedra area. Just 
phenomenal teacher, good dude, good friend. Um, and we really enjoyed our time with him and his lovely wife, Amber, who just, they just, they went all out for the food for the tour junkies on Friday night. I don't want to get into the details. Nobody really cares what we ate on Friday night, but it was just really good. We had a great periscope from the Fulton house and his Seattle Seahawks man cave. If you missed <laughs> that, go to our Twitter and, and check that out. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I've never been in a room like this in my life. And, the fact that literally every square inch of the of all four walls were covered with Seattle stuff and Seattle Seahawks stuff. Travis is he's he's a big he is what they call a fanatic and yeah, it was pretty I fun. Would say. We, yeah, yeah, we had a good time with the Periscope. We had a good time. We played golf on Saturday at the King and Bear. Travis had a good time. You and I didn't have as good a time because our golf games are basically in the crapper. And, um, I mean, I was just all over the place. You almost killed me with a three-wood shank. Man, and I could not hit my three-wood. God, it no. was terrible. Travis scared us on the 18th hole with the old fake snake on the other side of the golf cart trick, which is also on Twitter if you hadn't checked that out. It's pretty funny. Instagram, too, I think, at Travis Fulton underscore. So it was a good time. We had a good good trip. Shout out to Amber, man. Oh, Slamber. Slamber's a good time. Yeah. Great time. Food, everything. Just incredible. Wonderful host. One, one, of, my, one of my favorite uh, points of the night is, is Travis's, um, <laughs> Travis's young son, Banks, who is... Uh, he's, a busy, uh, he's a busy guy. Very busy guy. He's, he's only about two years old. But uh, Travis has, uh, has trained Banks to go up to the man cave and grab him a beer and bring it back, which is good. Now, again, this is Banks' son, not his Labrador retriever. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it, was, it was good. And at one point, um, Banks was going to bring me one. And so he brought down, he brought, he brought down two. He brought down two beers, mm-hmm. and he handed one to me. And then he handed me another one, and referring to Pat said, and this is even funnier considering the last piss-off Pat that we had, uh, handed one to me and then handed a, a, a second one to me, and referring to you said, in, as a two-year-old, here's one for your sister. <laughs> uh, so, Banks, uh, you win the award for pissing off Pat. Uh, the two-year-old he actually no I think it was kind of you know he just he knew we were there together and maybe he just thought that that's that's what it is you know you got two people their brother and sister you know like he's got a sister don't you think like he didn't really he didn't really mean anything by it uh, I don't know I think he was confused by your name Pat I mean we already had listener we already have listeners who, who kind of said that we had a listener say that was kind of a girl name so I think it could possibly be that um, like your wife that won't she won't call you Pat because she thinks it's a girl name. So it could be that man. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe so. Whatever. But it's pretty funny. It was funny. It's pretty funny. I was laughing. I was laughing. I, I just just him going up and getting the beers, and then he kept doing it. He was oh very yeah. He kept, he, if we would have drank them at the pace he was bringing them, we'd have been sloshed. And they were Mick Ultras, so yeah. it's not like a lot of alcohol content. Oh, Banks! Banks liked going to get the beers. Yeah, it's well, funny. we we were our well, at least I was sloshed, but eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, what? Well, it's funny. I, I was I was the the DD, and 
driving home that evening, it was funny because Pat was <laughs> asleep in my truck. He was fa- trying to fall asleep in my truck, and I had you – know, this is very stereotypical for us tour junkies, but, you know, you guys know I, I like a lot of hip-hop, but I'm also a country fan. So I had a little Jason Aldean going up real loud trying to keep Pat awake. And he'd just be falling asleep, eyes closed, head falling down, and I'd like shove him real quick, and he'd wake up and go, "Ask any old bar stool in this town," <laughs> and then just <laughs> he'd be like, "No, it was it was great. I did that the whole twenty minute ride home. It was pretty funny. Mm. It's a good look. I, w- I should yeah, should have got that on video. It was good stuff. Hey, speaking of piss off, Pat, uh, I want to get to the one this week. I gotta be honest, this one. This one hit my funny bone a little bit when I listened to it. I, when I first got it, I thought I thought it was pretty funny, and um, I think that I mean I think it's possibly got the best shot at pissing you off, and and I don't think it's for the obvious reasons. So so I, we'll go back and address this after we listen, but I think that. This has got a good chance, and I think it's a very good effort, even if it doesn't. But I, I think it's got a good chance, and at minimum, sir, you you got to chuckle out of me. I don't know, you know, we don't know Pat's reaction, but but you got to chuckle out of me. And I thought this was a good one. So uh, here it is: the latest installment of Piss Off Pat. Uh, remember, whoever pisses off Pat successfully does get a free swag item from the uh, from the tour, tour junkies uh, merch shop. And, uh, yeah, so here we go. Let's, let's listen to this latest effort to piss off Pat. I'm David, I love your show. Um, and I also love the fact that you guys got a country and urban uh, dynamic going on. It's really, it's really great. I love that, you know, Pat is really country and, and proud of it. And, and so I have some questions that I hope will illuminate the essential Pat for, for your viewers and your listeners. Pat, if you if you don't understand any of these questions, uh, I'm sure David could explain them to you. Uh, first question, Pat, do you have any brothers or sisters who are who are also named Pat? Second question, Pat, when you relax and you're playing the banjo, are you more of a claw hammer or a, or a bluegrass guy? Third question, Pat, what's your favorite way to cook squirrel? Squirrel. Four, Pat, do you have a do you have a passport? If you're not sure what a passport is, I'm sure David could could show you his, to, so you have a sense of, of, of what that's about. Five, Pat, what's your what's your favorite TV show? Is it Dukes of Hazard or, or Justified? Pat, what's your what's your favorite band? Are you are you more of an Almond Brothers guy or or do you prefer uh, Leonard Skinner? Seven, Pat. Do you have a, a gun rack? What's your and if you do, what's what's your favorite gun rack? Did you whittle it yourself, or did you? Is there a particular brand that that you and your your family go for? Number eight and last question, um, Pat. Do you know that really only girls drink rosé and that real men would drink red? Just trying to get to the bottom of, of why you have this fascination with rosé. All the best, and as I should have said at the outset, it's Michael McDonald calling from London. I had to move so far away after after my solo career, after the Doobie Brothers, and and love your show and keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, bye. Okay, there we go. Our boy Michael McDonald. Big shout out to you, Michael McDonald. One for having a great name. Two for having a great call in, and just three supporting our show all the way in London. 
don't know if you caught that, Pat, but Michael's Michael's in London. He he had to move to London, mm-hmm. and uh, just because his, his career blew up, he he mentioned oh, yeah. uh, you know his, he was just getting mobbed here in the states. So totally get it. We totally get it. But beautiful uh, Michael, voice, Michael beautiful voice. By the way, yeah, but, I, I've said this before on the show. If you ever want a great Pandora station, just do Michael McDonald Radio. Yikes. Do it. Do it. Give me feedback. Also, Listeners, give me feedback if you do it. Tell me Tell oh me what you think. God. Also, uh, Michael, my mom really likes you, so just want, she wanted me to tell you hello. But, Pat, what would you think? I mean... There's some good stuff in here. He he obviously um, he obviously took a little hit at your your red neckedness red neckedness. I just made that word up. Naked redneck n e c k edness. And um, I think he's Canadian. I heard a little bit of a um, like an about or something in there. So my guess is Canadian. I would love for Michael to tweet us or email us. And tell us if he is. But I picked up a slight Canadian thing. So I think he's a Canadian migrated to London. And he's making fun of you for being a redneck. So, you know, he talked about our country and urban dynamic. And that, uh, that Pat, you know, if you needed some help, I could explain it to you, which I guess uh, I, I will. I guess if you had any siblings also named Pat or brother or sister also named Pat. So like Banks, Travis Fulton's two-year-old little guy, possibly that, you know, that you might have a sister named Pat. Hmm. Uh, do you play Pat why don't you answer these questions for us when you play the banjo do you play claw hammer or bluegrass I would have no clue actually on that one (laughs) (laughs) me neither but I I thought it was a great question claw hammer just is awesome Um, how do you cook a squirrel Pat have you ever eaten a squirrel or cooked a squirrel I have not ever eaten or cooked a squirrel but if I were to do it I would probably um, I'd probably uh, I'd probably grill it Mm-hmm. Just grilled squirrel. Just grilled squirrel. I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd have to put some marinade on it. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have a passport? Yes, I do. It's expired, but I do have one. <laughs> <laughs> the passport thing made me laugh, and I think that's pretty funny that he... See, that... So, all right, so first of all, let, let's get your reaction, Pat. So, passport, he also asked about your favorite TV show, Dukes of Hazard or Justified. I don't know. Um, I've never heard of Justified. Dukes of Hazard was a show that I enjoyed watching as a kid. Yes, of course you did. Yeah, Almond Brothers or Leonard Skinnerd? Almond Brothers, of course. I think we talked about that before. Uh, gun rack. I really thought it was funny that he asked if you whittled it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I do not That's have hilarious. a gun. I don't even have a gun rack. Do you have a gun? I do. How many? Uh, I have three. Nice. I didn't know that about you, Sam. Yeah, every single one. one of them are shotguns, uh, two twenty gauges and a twelve gauge. Nice. No, you don't have a gun rack for that. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, like a lot of people, he is on my side with the rose thing and thinks it's it's rose gay and that you shouldn't be drinking it. Do you want my reaction on that? I want your reaction on the whole thing. All right. So, first off. This is where this is where you guys. I mean, I hope. I mean, I try to put out as much of my personality as possible when we do this show, but I am not really a redneck. And David could say you you could attest to that. I mean, 
I didn't really grow up hunting all that much. I did fish some. I like to fish. The only hunting I ever did was on it was duck hunting, and that was on um, private land where the Champions Retreat is right now, actually. Um, so I did that. Uh, that's why I have the three shotguns that I, that I mentioned. Um, so, you know, the squirrel and whatever else, no, not, not really part of the family diet growing up. Um, <laughs> what else was there in there? Um, passport, yeah. I haven't done all that much travel, but I wish I could. I'd like to. I'd like to. Um, See, the passport thing kind of got I, – I laughed at that because you and I have talked about this somewhat like and the fact that he guessed that i would be able to show you one and would have one is pretty funny to me and i kind of thought that would in a way get you going a little bit just because it's someone assuming that like you're just this country bumpkin who sat in your little bubble never got outside of of your world and you wouldn't have a passport and wouldn't know what to do with it if you had one but ask me i would know well, See, I thought, here's the thing too, i thought that, that would kind of get you a little bit because that's pretty funny i do have a passport i have been overseas uh to europe and uh a little bit more more traveled over there than you have but you have mentioned to me that you would like to go so i'll give you that oh yeah well, I hope. But that was a funny one. That was a funny one that he. But he, that one actually also was that. Here's how that one pissed me off because it's kind of like, oh, these you got a southern accent, so all southerners are the same, which is just not very true at all. So, well, think, that that is completely why. That's why everyone is calling in, assuming that you're this redneck because you talk very country, even more so than me. I mean, I, I know I have an accent too, but you talk real. You talk like. Billy Bob Thornton and Sling Blade sometimes. No, like, that's ridiculous. It's no, real slow. Pat, yeah, no, we've talked about you saying Holmes, like J.B. Holmes, because it's so country, it almost sounds like British. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe so. about this before, and I, I will attest to what you said. Like, you did not grow up in a country, kind of redneck part of Augusta. You grew up in a very privileged, you know, gated community part of Augusta. I, it was not a gate. It might as well have been. You guys had gates in your driveways and stuff. Like, you have a gate in your driveway. Let's just be real. You do. It's it, just, it, it keep, I It keeps think, Russ out or in. Oh, you're talking, that's not the house I grew up in, actually. Yeah, whatever. But, so. um, I know you're not much of a hunter. You do like to fish, but it's like, you know, deep sea fishing or lake fishing or whatever. You don't like sit out on a dock barefoot in your overalls and fish. <laughs> no. like we, we know that. Um, but but he, they are they are playing on the stereotype that they see in their mind based on how you sound because that's what they listen to every week. Okay, no, I get that. So that's <laughs> fine. That's that's why you know we need to have like a listener event or something where people can actually come and meet us. And then they can actually like <laughs> see that their whole their whatever their stereotype is 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 just totally wrong. See, um, I, okay, so I thought that the passport thing would get you. The other thing that here, I thought here's another he, thing: like you can talk about like all right. So here we go. We go from redneck to talking wine. So if like what he could have done is like like if he was going to keep his his same line, line of thinking, he would he would have said like maybe Pat should switch to Boone's farm or something because then you're talking really redneck but I I will say this I get the whole talk about rosé and whatever else by the way it's not the only wine that I ever drink because I do like red wine Mr. McDonald but I challenge anyone out there if they want to try a really good rosé 
go to Napa or wherever else and get one and tell me you don't like it. And I think it's, here's the thing what people are thinking of. They're thinking of like white Zinfandel, which is not something I would ever would ever touch my lips. It's not a sweet, you know, girly type wine. Some guy out there in this that, that listens to this podcast needs to tweet out that what I, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. You're a redneck with a sophisticated palate is, I guess, what you're trying to say. I, I, I can tell you that any one of my friends that I grew up with, because you and I have only known each other for two or three years, would never say that I'm a redneck. Not a single one of them. I don't, I don't think you are either. I'm just saying that's what, the, that's what these guys are thinking. That, that's what they're getting from just listening to the show. All right. Well, I need to change some things, though, but my voice is not, <laughs> not going to change. The so. other funny thing that I really like that he did, and the thing that I thought would work the best, was the first... Five words. You're clicking on it now so you can see it. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up because <laughs> um, you don't David, remember? David, I love, of course you like that line. <laughs> David, I love your show. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Got oh. a country and urban dynamic going. You know what? We could like, lit- we could flip the script big time with this one because. You actually have a very country background. I mean, country. Like, I think, don't you have like a um, a niece that's like three years old or something? Or not a niece, but like a sister that's like three years old? Like, you have like some weird dynamic in your <laughs> <What>? family? <laughs> no, I don't. You have I some, mean, like... I have can... a niece. I have a niece who is four months younger than me. That's right. Some kind of crazy thing like that. Yeah. Okay. All that means is I was an accident. Okay. My parents had me in like their mid thirties. I had a 19 year old sister who got knocked up at the same time. My mom accidentally got pregnant with me. Like big deal. That doesn't say anything about redneck. <laughs> okay. All right. But I'm glad he loves my show. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you loving my show. Appreciate you calling into my show and, uh, and supporting my show. Thank Good you. Deal. <laughs> See, I think I think this one kind of worked. If if it's up to me, I, I would I would like to make a motion to at least send Michael like a ball marker or something. I, I think it kind of got you a little bit. Okay, I I'll think send na- him. I will send him either. He can he can pick. I will send him a he, and it has to be a Pat T-shirt, beefy tee. Gag. Don't or, do that one. Or if he wants. Like a couple ball markers or something. A couple? Hold on now. Those things are nice. We don't have that many of those Actually, left. we don't have a lot left. So Yeah, a, maybe one. A ball marker. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Michael. You, you're, you've done the best so far. I really believe that. Don't you? I mean, of all the ones that have called well, me. Well, it was also you, very well thought out. It wasn't, you know. It, it was. It was good. Yeah. But the subtlety of David, I love your show, and he just moves on. Love that. Love it. Yeah. It's the, it's the details sometimes. Of course you love that. Um, we got one more thing we need to talk about before we get to the CIMB Classic. And listen, this week is a short field. We're not going to give you that many players. We're going to talk some strategy. We're going to talk some course breakdown. 
Um, but we're not going to give you a whole lot of players because there's not a whole lot of players in this field. It's a no-cut event, so we're going to talk a little strategy. But before we do that, um, and, and that's why we've had a little bit of this ex, extra content here, right? But before we do that, we need to tell you guys about the Who Lit the Kids shirts. So for those of you who have pre-ordered, and a lot of you have, we really appreciate the support. For those of you who have pre-ordered the Who Lit the Kids shirts, good news. Um, they are they are are in production, so it's a good thing. We should have them uh, in the next couple of weeks, and then Pat will be a busy little TJ packing elf, getting all those ready to uh, to arrive at your door. And this is going to be great because it's a limited quantity shirt. Kiz loves it. Kiz is excited. We were we were talking to him about them today. He's pumped about them, and they're just going to be awesome shirts. So. We will have some more available since they did so well. We ordered a, f- a few more. So if you guys want the Who Lit the Kiss shirt, you need to get one because they're just awesome. Put Pat to work. Okay? Put Pat to work. Anything else to add on that, Pat? No, I'm excited to get them. I think, uh, like you said, with Kiss being so pumped about it, I think, you know, very unique shirt that you will definitely get – like when you wear it and you go out in public if you're like an attention seeker people will they will be they will be asking you questions and you'll get attention yes yes you people will want to know what that shirt is about it's it's an interesting shirt um also this week we're gonna have hopefully we're gonna have our first roto grinders video breakdown on the Roto Grinders YouTube page, we tried to do that last week, but you know, let's just be candid here, Pat. Two things happened. Number hopefully one, is the key word that you said earlier. Yeah, hopefully. Two things happened last week, and the reason why our Safeway video was not up. Number one, Pat sucks at technology, so he basically just could not get his stuff together. And number two, I had the hiccups during my video, uncontrollable hiccups which i thought was funny and they should have used anyway but they they chose not to they're very professional organization so hopefully this week uh we feel like we have the technical the technicalities down and um i won't have the hiccups and it'll be a great video we're breaking down some stuff for the cimb so go over to youtube on the roto grinders page and watch that and just support us if anything just the the views would be nice you don't even have to actually watch it if you just play it and then like go to a different tab even that would be okay but you should watch it because it'd be good (laughs) um and then also the chat which the chat room was fun last week we got in the chat room the roto grinders premium chat so that was on wednesday night last week had a couple of uh last minute caddy tips for the safeway on wednesday night so that was cool we talked to a couple guys out on the course so check that out too all right, Pat, you ready to get to the course breakdown for Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia? Yeah, let's, let's get this going. All right, hit me. All right, so we are at the 2017. By the way, I still refuse to call any tournament, even though this is the 2018 season, the 2018 tournament when it's in 2017. So this is Good the to know. Good to know. 2017 CIMB Classic in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. From what I hear, a beautiful place. I need. To, I want to go check that out. You know, when I use my passport to go overseas, uh, once I get it yeah. uh, re- reissued, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get a Malaysia. But this is the start of kind of a three-week sort of Asian swing. So they are. They're gonna be out there for a few weeks. We are at TPC Kuala Lumpur, the West Course, playing 7,005 yards, par 72. So not very long at all for these guys. Um, 
you know, this this course has also hosted the Malaysian Open. So if you want to look at some of the guys that may have played there and uh, how they've done, I think that's something you can look at. You got Paspalum Greens, and they are running pretty pure. They always are here. Um, 78 players, like you said, there's, there is a, a, a small field, no cut. This course, they will they will eat this course up as far as birdies are concerned. It's the, played the 44th easiest on tour last year and the 47th before that, keeping in mind that there are, what, 48, 49 events? So definitely playing easy. You're going to look at your scores, I think. Um, I, I'm keeping it pretty simple this week as far as my stats. I'm looking at course history, and I'm looking at recent form. The fairways here, they're not very hard to hit. Um you know, I, I think the greens are pretty easy. Uh, one of the things you'll notice is the last couple of years, Justin Thomas, who was the you know two-time defending champion, he had the most birdies per, per greens and regulation. So when he was hitting the greens and regulation, he was he was just banging home those birdies. I looked at birdie or Brett, Brett, damn it, good <laughs> Brett. lord. Birdie or better conversion percentage when hitting the greens. That was actually a, a new stat I looked at this week when I saw that. So um, I'll throw that one at you. Past chance, we had, again, JT the last two years, 16 and 15. Then Ryan Moore two years in a row, 2014 and 2013. He is not here this week. Uh, weather, you're looking at very light wind, and it's hot and humid like it typically is here. You're going to probably see some rain um, but just sort of off and on. It's kind of like this: the, the southern summers is, is what it's like there. You know, just pop up storms and things like that. So there you go. That's, that's your quick breakdown of the CIMB Classic course. Yep, and I pretty much, yeah, I mean, obviously I agree. That's that's what it is. I, I, I'm like you. I'm not going to go too st- – I don't think this is a week to go super stat heavy. 78 players no cut the strategy changes right it's to me it's more about form it's about course fit and and course history and it's a lot to do with ownership leverage especially as we talk mainly about gpp contest with a limited field um and and it's lineup construction so I, i definitely feel like that is is probably the heaviest weight all of those things as far as stats go, I definitely think the number one stat is going to be scoring or, you know, birdie or better, DraftKings scoring, whatever whatever you want to filter down there. Basically just who's going to put up points. So I think that is the most important stat for sure. It it, it has we have seen at this golf course when it is, you know, kind of hot and humid and can be wet. We've seen lift clean in place, which is a a a rule if you if you're not familiar. It's a rule where uh, if a golfer's ball is in the fairway, uh, they can lift the ball. They have to mark the spot the ball has landed. They can pick it up, they can clean it, and they can place it back. So it's also known as like preferred lies. So these guys can get really good lies in the fairways. You can't do that if your ball is not in the fairway. So it is it is a big advantage to these guys on tour when they can clean their golf ball and place it and have a pristine lie. Uh, approaching to, the, to to these greens it may not seem like it makes that much of a difference for hacks like us but for guys like this it makes a big difference so i do think that hitting the fairway is important uh, but like pat said i don't think they're all in all that hard fairways to hit so 
Uh, and it seems like on a lot of these holes that your bombers are going to be scaling back and historically have taken less club off the tee when necessary. Uh, and I think by seeing Justin Thomas win it the last two years and Ryan Moore winning it before him, like anybody can win this golf tournament is basically what one thing that we're saying is don't eliminate guys who are bombers just because you think it's a less than driver course. Don't eliminate you know the the accuracy guys because you know the bombers can take advantage of the par fives or whatever it is like it this course has proven that it is it is capable of producing just about any type of winner uh, if you really want to dig deep into some of the history this golf course has also hosted the malaysian open the maybank malaysian open up until 2015 um, there's not that many guys who have played in that event, uh, but there are a couple, including Anurban Lahiri, who's actually won that event. Uh, so there is some course history that you may miss if all you look at is the CIMB. But CIMB you obviously t- tuned out when I was talking about that. Maybe I did. Did you say all that already? Yeah, I did. Man, I totally tuned out. That was a long course breakdown. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, let's talk strategy, though. So... Pat, talk to me about your strategy uh, on this kind of golf course. Seventy-eight guys, no cut, beginning of the year. Now, now, you know this isn't really a tournament where you have a lot of web.com guys. So, no, it's, it's not this. The whole web.com edge that you mentioned previously is not really applicable here. Yeah, which so, I said that too. I said I said that it won't be for me. you. Did my lord? I really did check out. Man, what was uh, I thinking about? But All right, anyway, go ahead. I, I think. As far as strategy this week, for one, as I mentioned before, I'm going to be looking at some course history and recent form because I think that when you got a a course like this where it pretty much equalizes everybody's skill, that you you really then you got to go and say, okay, well, who are the guys that have played great on this course and that also have have good form right now? So I'm going to look at that. But, you know, lineup construction, I think. For me, I'm going to be pretty average as far as the price is concerned. I'm not really going to go studs and duds. I think when you look at the way the pricing is this week, there are a ton of good players right there in that 7 and 8K range. So I think that's what I'm going to do. And then I'm just going to try to narrow down those guys that I think, you know, ownership is obviously going to be a big deal when you have a small field like this with only 78 players. So I'm going to be looking later in the week and the guys that I'm, you know, we're maybe not hearing a whole ton, you know, a lot about. There's not a whole lot of hype, but that may fit the course and that also are playing well recently. So that's going to be my strategy. I'm not saying you completely avoid these top guys, which, you know, with JT, Hideki, and, and Paul Casey, but for me, I, I would rather just drop down and be able to get as many of these eight and seven K guys in my lineup as possible. I, I wonder if that's going to be the most popular play, and I, and I get why you would do that because I, I do think the bottom of this, the bottom of this pricing is rather weak. But um, I do think on DraftKings you can. In fact, I've already I've already messed around with it a little bit and done it. I've got some lineups I'm very comfortable with, and I have JT in them. So for me, starting off at the top, uh, there's one player that I'm playing in the 9K and above range, and that's Justin Thomas. I, I don't, you know, there's not a better, not a hotter player on earth right now. A guy who's won this thing twice. I mean, there's at at 12-3, I will take him. He's he's a big time scorer when it comes to DraftKings points. 
and and just fits the bill here. Uh, he's four to one odds to win. I mean, he's he's just he's to me he's a clear play. I'm not going to avoid. But I'm not touching anybody after that until we get to Gary Woodland at 8,700. That's a guy that I'm liking. Um, Gary has gained 17 strokes total on this golf course since it started here at CIMB. By the way, Justin Thomas has gained 33, which you would expect given he's won twice. But um, we know it's a low-scoring event, so these guys are going to gain strokes that, that, that play well. But Gary's, Gary's gained 17 strokes on the field. His odds to win are 30-1. to 1. Um, which are, are pretty good. Like should put him a little a little higher price than that to me in the nine K range. He's mentioned that he likes the golf course. It suits his eye. He has in the past been one to kind of club down when he needs to club down and bomb it when he needs to on these par fives and take advantage and get these eagles. There's gonna be eagles on this course. Last year I think there was around forty something eagles out of only seventy eight guys. That's a lot. So. I do want guys who are going to play smart and who can can but can also take advantage and be aggressive when they need to. And to me, Woodland at eighty seven hundred near the near the average price is a good value. So, um, you know, Hideki, we just haven't quite seen the form. He didn't finish well in the in the in the FedEx playoffs. Paul Casey is interesting. Hasn't really played too well at this golf course. Like, doesn't seem to like Kuala Lumpur all that well. Um, Schwartzel, Schauffele, Brennan Grace, Pat Perez, to me, all a little over overpriced. Maybe that's a dead range to, to have some of those guys. Um, but I'm just not interested in paying up for those guys when I can go ahead and get JT on my team and still have some guys who I think are, are equal value um, to the 9K guys. Uh, Pat Perez, in fact, has really sucked at this golf course. He's played it four times, and he's lost two strokes on the field, which is hard to do when a course like this creates so many birdies and eagles so uh, that's 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 who i got kind of near the top you, you know I, I think it's hard to argue against jt i don't think i'm going to own a lot of them this week because i, I do think he's still going to be fairly highly owned um i, I think hideki's going to be my guy over 10k i mean he's improved every time he's played this course you know he was t25 in 2014 t21 and 15 fifth and sixth well whatever now now the years are all screwed up because of this dumb scheduling thing but anyway last year he was second i I do like hideki i I mean look at his form i mean 26th out of 30 at the tour championship 47th out of 70 at the bmw I mean, he had a twenty third at the Delta. I agree, but it, but don't you think that's gonna like draw his ownership down a little bit? And you're getting a guy that you know is obviously a world class player. We talked about it with Brendan Steele. He wasn't in great form going into the you know a course he likes and played well. So I think if you're gonna see that, you know, this, Hideki could be the guy, and you might be able to get him at a lower ownership than you could normally this week so um because i think yeah, we've been saying that for the last three weeks and jt is obviously going to be the highest you know owned guy in this category you know casey even is you know i don't know i mean he's he's been fantastic as far as his recent form so he's another one that i think you can't really ignore i could i could take more casey than hideki only because you know i did mention that he hasn't done too well at this course historically but it does feel like casey's turned a corner in the last 12 18 months and he's a little bit of a better player so i I could get on the casey train i don't think i'm gonna have a lot of shares of him because i'm gonna have a lot of jt in woodland but 
I definitely don't see Hideki. Like, I will have zero Hideki. I would much rather pay up and, and take JT. But we'll talk about some of those guys in the 8K and 9K range that you want to run your lineups well, with. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, there is not a whole lot in the 9K range that I'm going to go. Actually, there's nobody in the 9K range that I'm going to go with. Um, so if I am going to start, you know, below that, it's going to be just like you. I like Woodland. I think he's obviously shown that he he's played this course very well. I think he can score on especially these par fives that are uh, are all gettable. Um, he should be able to make some of those eagles and birdies out here. But you know, Thomas Peters really interests me at eighty six hundred. We haven't seen him play. We really don't have a lot of recent form on him because he just hasn't played in a while. Um, as far as um, you know, and I think if you look at this, is it's going to be his first time playing here. So if you're going to look at course history and recent form, you're not going to find it there. But he's also, a, a, you know, one of these guys that he can absolutely destroy courses. You look at, like, Firestone back, uh, I don't know, when it, when it, what was that? Now it seems like three months ago. August. But, yeah, but played very well, I think, on a course like this where the fairways aren't exactly, you know, that hard to hit. He can just he can knock down flag sticks when he's on and i and i think he can also score like crazy so i love thomas peters i i hope that his ownership is low because i, I even though we haven't seen him in in recent weeks um so i think he's going to be one of my top guys there also cam smith is is popping a little bit for me you know since 2000 whoa and, you know, whoa whoa are you serious yeah buddy all right, we're about to fight on this one. You, you better you better give it all you got. Okay, are you wanting to fight for some reason, or are you just? No, I to- I vehemently disagree with the Cam Smith play. I have right. a big fat X next to his name. A couple things with him, you know, out of his last four events, he has missed two cuts. But when he has been on, which he did, you know, BMW he was T twelve, and at the Wyndham he was T seventh. So he he's he's a guy that when he can when he's on he can score. Um, he's gained, you know, since he's played this event, he has a T5 here. He was 37th back in, a couple years ago, has, you know, gained almost nine strokes on the field. 8400 to me is actually not a bad price. I think he's going to be extremely low owned. I, I would say less than 5% owned. Uh, so for me, I think Cam Smith's a good play this week. Tell me why Ugh. you vehemently deny that, like why you don't uh, want him. I think team. I think the price is actually the worst part. I think him and Piercy are severely overpriced on DraftKings. I think that's a clear, uh, I mean, a clear pricing like mind f on the on the part of DraftKings that that he's even at eighty four hundred. His Vegas odds should put him down near the seventy seven hundred dollar range with Peter Uline, and that's a seven hundred dollar over inflation. Um, it, it, I mean, two, what, three top tens and 22 attempts uh, this past season. I, I do like Cam Smith, but I think Cam Smith is a form player and a very recent form player, and I don't think we've seen enough of it. I mean, you could, he seems like one of those guys where you can kind of see it peaking. The, the one thing I do like about Cam Smith is he's a great scrambler, a really good scrambler. So if he, if he gets in trouble – he can sometimes get out of it, but 
at a course like this, scrambling gets you nowhere but par. And par gets you nowhere at an event where the winning score could be 22 under. So to me, until Cam Smith flashes form or he's at a much better price or both, I want nothing to do with him. But, I mean, I would much rather have – I mean, obviously you have Steele and Nah below him that are going to be very high-owned. So, yeah, of course you're going to have an ownership leverage on Smith, but I think that's for a reason. I think a lot of people are going to see the price and just know that's, that's not – that's not smart money. Well, I th- see, I would take it though. That in an event like this, when yeah. you got four, when you got four days, I'm That's not going to go. I'm not going to go to Steele and Nah, who are going to be. Everybody's going to look at this and they're going to say Cam Smith, and they're going to totally overlook him this week. You got like look at like Eagles. If you want to look at like Eagles made, the guy is is sixth in the field. Birdie or better percentage, he's sixteenth in the field. The guy make is is a scorer. And he's so. I think everybody's going to look at that price and say exactly what you're saying that he's overpriced. His form isn't that great, even though he has two top 15s in his last four events. The other two are miscuts, but okay. But you know, I, I think he's the perfect play for a tournament like this when you have no cut and you got to find an edge somewhere. That's that's where I'm going to find it right here. If you're looking in this 8K range, I mean, there's not, you know. Steel and Steel and Nah are going to be so highly owned. It's 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 just to okay. me. I'm I'm a, I'm going to avoid them both. I have both of these guys crossed off on my list. I have Piercy and Smith. I would much rather have Piercy. Number one, because I have recent form, very recent. Like Piercy's been horrible this he year. He has been horrible, but not really all that much worse than Cam Smith. Like, yeah, he's been worse, but it's not been that bad. But at least I have I have this week. Scott Piercy. Hey, by the way, the reason you don't have a whole lot of recent form on Scott Piercy is because, because he, he didn't, didn't make the playoffs, which Cam Smith did. I know, but I have very recent form on Scott Piercy. It's hot as hell in Kuala Lumpur. Dude lives in Las Vegas. And oh my gosh! I, I, Come, we've that's, seen, that's, we've let's, seen let's Scott reach Piercy here and talk about hey, and we've he seen lives Scott in Vegas. Piercy and we've seen Scott Piercy contend in majors. Like we know that Scott Piercy has game. Did he have a slump this year? Absolutely. But we know that he's got some game and he can contend in majors. What we've seen Cam Smith do is win the Zurich Classic with freaking okay, Joe's Blitz. Do you want to take Fantastic. it? You, we should do another. We should do a bet. Then. Let's do Let's a bet. bet. Now let me just say though, I'm not playing either one of these guys. I'm not playing Piercy and I'm not playing Smith. But but if I were going to play one of them because I want, I just had to get an edge. At this price range, instead of taking Steele or Nah, I would take Piercy over Cam Smith. That's all I'm saying. I'll, I'm not I'll tell you this. I'll give you Cam. I'll give you Steele or Nah, and I'll take Cam Smith. Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, go. Jeez, you'll give me just either one of them. Like you that's know, not the best? every week on this podcast do we have to like just go with every single guy that. Oh, Kevin, nah, he fits this stat category. Oh, Brandon Steele, he won last week. Like, every week, it's the same thing with a lot of these DFS podcasts. It makes me so tired. I mean, like, I, it's like, golly, like, make a, go out there and make a pick that's not like what everybody else is going to make. And that's what I'm doing with Cam Smith. It may burn me, but and, 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 and all these people that listen to us will kill me for it. But I don't care. <laughs> no, and listen, hey, listen. I know you're you're a little pissed off, Pat. Tonight we already said in the beginning of the episode I made you mad, so you're hot tonight. I'm I love it when you take a stand. I I, I think that's important. I do the same thing. Most of the time we end up looking like total idiots, but I respect respect 
the, the stand, okay? All I'm saying is if it were me to take the stand, I'm taking Piercy. So if you're going to give me Nah or Steel, the only guy I have circled that I will actually have some exposure to is Nah. I missed the boat a little bit on Steel last week. I didn't have a lot of him. I did have some of him. In fact, I had him in a contest you and I played in, and I won some money. But I didn't have a lot of him. I'm, I'm going to pass again at coming off the win, the ownership. He was at 29% last week. He won. That's probably going to go up, especially with more balanced lineups. Kevin Na was owned at 31% and only finished T37. That may have not made people feel all that great. When you look at strokes gained over the history of the CIMB Classic, Kevin Na's gained 28 strokes on the field uh, at, at Kuala Lumpur. So, I'll go Nah if you want to make a bet. I'll go Nah over Cam Smith, and Nah's also a guy that I like. All right, good. I like it. All right. So what do we? We'll figure out a bet later. Okay. Because we got to move um, on. Who going else you down. Like? All right. So I think here, here's another guy that everybody's going to talk about is Anderbon Lahiri at eighty two hundred. I'm okay with that. If you want to play him, whatever. He does have pretty good course history here. He's been playing well. He was fired up at the Presidents Cup. He wanted to show out a little bit. Um, finished T3 here last year. Uh, and I think in – well, you mentioned earlier, right, he's, he's won the Malaysian Open on this course. So yep, 2015. I, I, I'm not going to hate you if you play Lahiri. I think I will have some ownership to him. But right there below him, Grayson Murray to me is a fantastic play here. The guy is a scorer. Um, he's, he obviously has never played this tournament before, so you're, you're not going to get any, any course history here. But he's been playing well this year, and I think as long as um, he can avoid getting hammered or going out to Kuala Lumpur Malaysian strip joints or something every night <laughs> while he's there, I think he actually could be. Um, he, you could see him contending here on uh, on Sunday. So Grayson Murray is is to me. Uh, I like him. Uh, he's he's going to be a guy that I want to play this week, and it's mainly because of his just potential for scoring. So there you go. Actually, I have Murray circled as well. I really like Grayson Murray for the same reasons you do. The only, he was 18% owned on average last week on DraftKings, obviously finished tied for ninth. He is a good scorer, a no-cut event. I'll take it. He's probably going to have a few eagles under his belt by the time the week is over. And at 8,100, I'm willing to take the points, even if he doesn't finish, you know, top 10. He could still return a lot of value. So I, I, I like Murray for that reason. Um, what do you think about? I don't. I don't really have anything to back this up because he doesn't have a great. I mean, he doesn't really have a whole lot of strokes gained. But I have a little feeling on Jason Duffner this week at 7,900. Yeah, I'm with you there. Okay. Yeah, it feels like a little Duff week. He's had a little bit of rest. He's definitely a ball striker, tends to keep it in the fairway, would benefit from a preferred live situation if that's what happens. He's a proximity guy. And, you know, I think below Murray and Ollie, who both were over 15% owned and produced top 20s last week, I think could go a little under the radar. So I, I'm, liking a little, I'm liking a little Duffner. I'm liking a little Duffner. Okay. I, I'm, I'm with you there, man. I'm not going to have a huge argument with you from I think uh, I think Grillo's overpriced. Um, I'm not a fan of Grillo. Peter Uline is interesting. A lot of people are going to talk him up because he came up on the on on the uh, on the European tour. That's kind of where he cut his teeth. 
played well in Asia before. He did miss the cut last week, despite and he was owned by 19% of people on DraftKings. This is his first time at uh, at Kuala Lumpur. I, I, I think it's just an ownership leverage play for me, but I think Uline and List are fades for me. Just just purely ownership. List was 24% owned last week. I didn't have any of them. He finished T37th. I'd, I'm just not feeling those guys. Um, any other thoughts of any of those guys there in the in the high 7K range? You know, there's really not a whole lot besides Duff that I'm going at here in this 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 higher 7K range. I actually like the, a lot of the guys right there below 7,500. I have several in there that that I, I think I'm going to target. Um, but other well, than that, good. Well, I'm sorry. I, I do like Collie. I still like Collie a fair amount, and I think he'll be chalky. But I love him in cash. And if you're going to differentiate other other places in GPPs, I like him. He's a ball striker. Eighteen uh, percent owned last week. Tied for seventh. First time playing the course. Seventy six hundred. He's also forty to one odds, which should put him around the eighty one hundred eight thousand dollar mark. So I think he's a little bit of a value on DraftKings. Side note, Kyle Stanley at 7,600. I like him from a course fit perspective, but we do know that his normal caddy, Brian Reed, is not on the bag this week. He is, uh, he's, he's got a family event he's attending, so Stanley's got another guy on the bag. I don't know who it is, but it's not his normal guy. Whatever that's worth, not really sure. So just take that for what it's worth. Uh, the Shestacle there below him was 20% on last week and paid off with a t- uh, T13. I think it'll be pretty chalky. Um, so then that gets us to that 7,500 range with Graham Dillette, Lovemark, Glover, and below. Uh, who are you liking? Well, right there at 7,400, I love Charles Howell. I, of course I think, you do. I, well, you know I do, but... He's played this event three times. He's got two top ten finishes. He's gained 17 strokes on the field um, since you know since playing here. So I, I think you know, and it, we know he's been in pretty good recent form. He did not, you know, he didn't make the playoffs. He but, was not in good recent form, and yes, he did. Well, he, he played, did make the he did make the playoffs, but you know, before that, he was he was playing very well. No, he wasn't. What are you looking at? Are you looking at the St. Charles Howell I'm looking at? His he best... always won a tournament a few, like a month or so ago or two months ago. In June. No, it wasn't in June. Yes, it was. It was the Quicken Loans. He finished second. His best finish other than that was at the John Deere in July. He finished 19th. Other right, than whatever. that, he hasn't snipped a top 50. Either way, I like him this week. I think he could be. He could be. You're a Charles Howell homer. I I I veto that pick. That's bull. That's a terrible pick. No no Charles Howell. No, he's no. He he's played this course pretty well. He has, but you can't use form when his form sucks. I didn't say I've used form. I'm using course yeah, history in this case. No, you said he plays pretty well. He's played pretty well, and he didn't make the playoffs, which he did, and he sucked. Well, are you looking at Claude Harmon the third, the coach? I, I hate these. I hate these. <laughs> I hate this this time of year. All these damn, all these stupid tournaments that don't even matter. Um, I think I think we need to talk about the Dillette Lovemark Glover range because I think we're going to get some questions on that in the chat room. Which I just thought about this. By the way, Kuala Lumpur is a full twelve hours ahead of you and I on Eastern uh, Standard Time. 
full 12 hours. So right. your, your, yeah, your lineup locks on, on DraftKings are like 6 a.m. on Wednesday. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts. So that means our chat session is going to be Tuesday night. And I got a feeling we're going to get questions on Graham Dillette, Jamie Lovemark, and Lucas Glover. And, wait, and wait. Co- Tomorrow night is when the chat session is? Yes. 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 Because the lineup lock is Wednesday at 6 a.m. It's on the other side of the world, Pat. Check your passport. Uh, whatever. On these guys, you, you can take them. I'm not having, I don't have any of them. So go ahead. You have none? Nope. You go. But you can go. Well, I think cash, you can play all three of them. But if I were going to pick one in a GPP, it's Lovemark only because he was 30% owned and put to, put up a T43 last week. I had a lot of Lovemark. I'm so bored talking about these guys. So bored. Like, Lovemark and Glover are like the most overtaught DFS guys on the planet. Because they're Dillette, making ball and strikers. And by the way, Dillette's the same way. Dillette was a guy that I liked last week because, no, I think Dillette shouldn't be even, you, you need to take out Dillette out of the Lovemark Glover category because no, people I'm, tend to hate on Dillette. And we were right on him last week, by the way. People Check. love Graham Dillette, except for his his Twitter stuff. But no, I'm I'm only saying they're in the same category because they're all the same price, and they are all ball strikers. They are, like that's just what they are. They suck around the greens and well, actually, Love Mark's pretty good scrambling. But Dillette, I don't and Glover, even want to talk about him. Okay, well, like, listeners want to know, so you can shut up and I'll talk about it. I think Love Marks the GPP play just because of the disappointment last week, and he was twice as owned as Dillette or Glover, and finished worse out of the three of them. So if you're going to go GPP, I go Love Mark. All right, I also like Cabrera Bello at 7400. I can agree with you. I think there. he'll go under the radar. Great ball striker, great total driver of the golf ball. So preferred lies, I think, are nice for him. I like James Hahn at seventy four hundred. He's gained fourteen Another one strokes. That's very, yeah, that's a that's an out there pick right there. But I like it. He's gained fourteen yeah. strokes. Everybody's going to take James Hahn this week. Take no, him. they're not. He's gained fourteen strokes on the field at Kuala Lumpur. He's fifty to one odds, which should put him in the eight thousand dollar category. Fifty to yeah, one. He'll be highly. He'll be highly. So it's a little price break there. James Hahn over twenty percent owned. Jeez, man, are you nuts? You, are, what are you drinking tonight? You, it must not be rosé. It has to have higher alcohol content. I'm just telling you. We're always talking that we talk the same guys all the time. We don't talk James Hahn all the time. Okay, I'll give you a guy that we don't talk all the time. One of my absolutely favorite plays of the week. Favorite play. Cash, GPP, I'm loading up on this guy. At 7300 bucks. He's 60 to 1 odds, which would put him a little bit, you know, like in the $7,700 range. Hao Tong Lee at 7300 bucks. I love me some Hao Tong Lee this week. Love it. I'll give that a big, fat boom. Good job. Good. Okay. Like well, why don't you speak up then? Well, I think you got you got to look at Scott Hinn at 7100 I mean, this is a guy that plays worldwide all the time. I don't mind it. Don't mind it. And, uh, you know, he was seventh here last year. Um, 27th before that, not nothing great, but has has shown that in these type of events where where he shows up with these 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 guys, I mean he can play with them, and, and I think he drives the ball well. Um, so I, I like some Scott Hinn, and and I think he's going to be you know putting himself in position to make birdies. So I'll, I will go with him. That's really about it that I have in that in that seven K range. Do you have anybody in a six K range? I do have two. 
two guys. Uh, the first guy is another. I, I, I would venture to say that you're going to hate both of these picks. Okay. And I'm so glad. I cannot wait. <laughs> um, the first is going to be Robert Streb at yeah, 6,900. Not, not a fan, but okay. Um, I don't hate it, but I'm not a fan. Well, I mean, 